The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time are you being influenced if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. What if I were to tell you 1,000 armed men, armed and trained men, 
walked into a scary, scary forest, and only 500 of them came out alive on the other side. Would you want to know that story? You are going to enjoy today's history story. I promise you that. It is awesome. (laughs) And it's true. And it's actually true. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's going to be a blast of a day today. We're going to talk a little bit more about this 60 Minutes lying about Ron DeSantis and why this is just a little taste of what's to come for Heavy D in the coming years. Huge tax increases coming. Everything's a disaster and everyone's unhappy about it, but why is anybody surprised? We're going to talk about accountability. All that coming up today. On the Jesse Kelly Show, we got good emails I'll get to. We'll take some calls, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. This is a World War II Pacific Island Japanese Army story, but not one like we've told before because this is not an island or a battle that you are familiar with, 99% of you. It's just one of the cooler stories. Let's do a brief setup leading into it before I get into this great tale today. The United States of America likes to focus, when we talk about World War II, we mostly focus on the European part, which is part of the reason why I focus so much on the Pacific part, because I find that the war with the fanatical Japanese army to be more fascinating. But most of it, For a lot of reasons, most of it is more focused on the European part, D-Day and all these other things. And obviously those are critically important things. And fighting the Germans, it's easy to hate the the World War II Germans especially. You know, you kill six million Jews, you're probably not going to make many friends along the way. So it's easy to focus on that part. I geek out on the Pacific part partially because of my love for the Marines Partially because of my love for the Japanese, to be honest with you, and fascination with the Japanese culture. And partially because the jungle, as you're going to find out today, is just such a terrible place. It's just the worst place. That thousand men I talked to you about in the beginning, and we'll get to it in a minute, and 500 walked out the other side, maybe I should have clarified. A thousand went in, 500 came out, and no man touched the 500 that didn't come out. Oh, we're getting to it. And however creepy you think it is right now, by the time I'm done telling your story, by the time I'm, t- I'm done telling this story, you're going to look it up because you're going to think I made it up. And every single one of you is going to say to yourself, how have they not made a movie about this yet? It is something, it, it, this, is, this is straight out of a Stephen King novel today, and it happened in real life. But let's, let's set all this up first. There's a country out there, and for the life of me, I know I'm going to screw up its name, so don't write in and try to correct me on the name because I'm stupid. The name today is Myanmar. Myanmar, Myanmar. Every time I say it, somebody gets mad at me. Okay. You wouldn't eat what, Chris? 
No, I call it Myanmar. I knew, see, even Chris is already correcting me. Myanmar. Okay, I know. Whatever. It's a country over there in Southeast Asia. Think Thailand, Vietnam. It's just west of all those. It's in that little Southeast Asia thing. It was known back in World War II times, though, as Burma. And I don't know how you change the name from Burma. Burma sounds cool. Myanmar. No one even knows how to say it. But whatever. Be that as it may. You need to think. You need to think. Uh, thick South, Southeast Asia. All the Vietnam movies you've seen. Thailand. All these things. World War II kicks off. Britain. Remember, prior to World War II, Britain was still a hugely, hugely powerful colonial power in the world. They still had colonies all over the place. Uh, major nations that served Britain, India. We'll get to that's going to be part of our story today, India and others. And this was really, this part of the world was the British part of the world. India, we haven't even ever done any World War II in India stuff. There was some great fighting in there. But because I'm an American and I try not to do this, but I tend to focus more on the American parts of the world. When I talk about relatively modern history, I ignore and have ignored, and I shouldn't, the British contributions, the Indian contributions, the Australian contributions to fighting the Japanese in World War II. This area that was all British colonies, Burma and whatnot, just like Japan came and stormed in and took all those Pacific islands, well, they didn't just go east. They went west, too, and took all this stuff, and they took it from Britain. And it was a huge, huge shock to the British Empire for a couple different reasons. Remember, as we've talked about extensively on the show, Japan was very backwards for a long time. Just very insular. Backwards probably isn't fair, but, I mean, who cares about fair? They were backwards for a long time. Woke up one day, decided they better get modern or they were going to get stomped. They got modern really quickly. And mixed in some very old ways of thinking into their modern military and really turned into a military juggernaut. Not real studs. In Britain, on the other hand, they won World War I and acquitted themselves very well in World War I. I'm not putting them down, but World War I was a bit of a gut punch for Great Britain. One of the main reasons is they were really, London was the banking hub of the world, the financial hub of the world prior to World War I. After World War I, it was New York, baby. It was America selling Britain all the things they had to get to survive. And Britain got another real punch in the nose in World War I. They found out these freaking Germans, these guys can hang with us. I mean, yeah, Germany lost World War I, but that was anybody's ball game for a long time. Uh, for a long time. And Germany, remember, was taking on everybody. If it was just Germany-Britain or just Germany-France or just Germany-Russia, Germany wraps up World War I in a year. Germany was just flat better than everybody else. There are people out there who say the German army in World War I was the greatest army of all time. I don't make that argument. There are plenty of people who do, though. I'm not saying they're wrong. So Britain had a little wounded pride post-World War I. And like most of the Western powers, they looked down on the Asians. 
powers. Chinese, Japanese, whatnot. You know I don't do the white guilt history here. We simply give it to you between the eyes. And remember, back in the day, it's not that they were all more racist than today. It's just back in the day, they actually just came out and said it. Instead of today, everybody trying to hide it and hide behind, oh, I don't I don't have any, any prejudice at all. I love all religions and skin colors and nationalities the same because we're all the same. Everybody feels the need to say that today. Oh, you're a liar. Now, I don't expect you to come out and say it. Don't get yourself fired. Everyone has prejudice against somebody or something. I make jokes about being racist against Italians, but guess what? There are people out there who I'm sure hate Italians. They hate Poles. They hate black people. They hate white people. They hate Indians. They hate this. They hate Jews. They hate Muslims. They hate Christians. That's part of human nature. So Britain had some wounded pride going into World War II. And Japan was not about to make that situation better for them. We'll talk about that and why heavy tea is about to have a long four years. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. The worst part about quitting dipping was finding how to do it. And I I hope you're smarter than me. Just go get Jake's Mint Chew because I did everything stupid and wrong you can possibly do when you quit dipping. I tried quitting cold turkey. Couldn't do it. Oh, I'm just going to quit. Oh, yeah, that was smart. I think I lasted half a day. I tried phasing it out. Well, I mean, I'm going to use, uh, uh, I'll, I'll use half as much today. Well, today I'll space them out. It didn't work. I tried that nicotine patch. Well, I mean, yeah, I was addicted to nicotine, but I was as much addicted to having something in my lip. So then I had a nicotine patch on and a dip in my lip at one point. I'm not making that up. Jake's Mint Chew is what actually works. It's nicotine-free, tobacco-free, and I still get something in my lip. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. Oh, boy. It is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly finish for the people we're talking about today in today's history story. Do not forget, it is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, Chris. It is world-famous. You can find me on social media, at DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm also on Locals. We have Jeff Charles coming up next hour. Jeff Charles hosts the show, The Red and Black Show. He's also on Red State. But today, he is going to talk about why how we choose a president is wrong. He doesn't like the whole electoral college thing. And he has a new way he wants to choose it. And he told me, full disclosure, he told me yesterday when I booked him, he said, hey, man, I'm not sure I'm not sure your audience is going to like what I have to say. I said, they're big boys and girls. They'll be fine. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to like what, I, what you have to say, but I want to hear it. I, I am a slave to interesting. 
That's uh, look. That's my job. Here, here's what's crazy about this business. I'll get back to my story in a second. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Here's what's crazy about this business. I had to uh, fill in for Bill O'Reilly on his radio show yesterday and his radio show today, and obviously that's a great opportunity, and we're thrilled to do that and whatnot. But they were going over the massive collapse in ratings of all the cable news post-Donald Trump. And, of course, CNN's was the biggest. Fox's was the smallest, but they all were double digits, 17%, 20%. Of course, CNN's was like 30%, if I remember right, my memory serves. The problem is, and maybe it's because I didn't grow up in this. You know, I grew up pretty much white trash. I blew up blue collar, to put it mildly. I, I didn't grow up doing this. My, I had a whole different other life, very similar to your life. So maybe that's why I can see it. But the people in this business, on our side too, radio, TV, everybody, because they do something where a lot of people know them, because they're famous on a smaller scale, but famous. You go out and about, and look, the people recognize me. Hey, Jesse, can I have a picture? Hey, Jesse, nice to meet you. All that stuff. You start to feel important, and you feel like what you do is important. Let me be perfectly clear here. I talk on the radio for three hours a day. I talk on TV for one hour a day. What I do is not important. It's What I do is my job, my one job, is to make your drive to work or home from work better. My job is to make your cooking experience, you're at home, maybe you podcast a show, maybe you listen live, make that experience better for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, however long you choose to listen. My job, my one job, because nothing else matters but this, and remember this, you kids who write me all the time wanting to start doing this, your one job is to be interesting. And this is the problem. People think they're famous and important or, and, or I should say, they think they're smart. Well, I don't have to, I'm not here to be a clown and an entertainer. I have important facts that need to be heard. Look, I'm not discounting that. Maybe you do have really important facts. If you're not interesting, nobody's going to listen to them. It's it's what drives me crazy when I do, when I do my history research for every day for the show. I have to consume so much stuff that I think is trash, not because I don't enjoy the history portion of it, but I see why people don't think they like history. These history guys with this cool story and this really cool information, they will get up and not even attempt to make it vaguely interesting. And then in 1945, General Johnson, he talked with General MacArthur, and they moved the 1st Battalion, 20th Marines, over to the 1st, 7th Marines, and that is on the east side of it. Dude, no, what are you you doing? That's not telling a story. That's just listing facts. I can get that out of an encyclopedia. Be interesting. That's your one job. Be interesting, period. Maybe I'll talk about that later. i got to get back to the story. Britain's already got some sore pride post-World War I, and then Japan goes stomping through the British colonies in you know, Southeast Asia, Burma being one of them. 1942, Japan goes storming in there along with other things and ran Britain out of there. Same as they ran us out of the Philippines, Japan was just better than us in that part of the world. Well, we are now going to fast forward to 1945. 
Britain is doing an island hopping campaign the same way we're doing an island hopping campaign. And they're trying to bounce their way closer and closer to Japan. Japan is very much now on their heels. This is the towards the end of the war where Japan can't win. But they're still fighting tooth and nail. Suicide guys, I mean, the works. They're just mass suicides. It's terrible. They cannot win, though. But they're, they're making you earn every inch. And there's an island off of Myanmar. Chris, there you go. I call it Myanmar. I'll say whatever I want. I went to community college. Anyway, there's an island off of there called Ramre Island. R-A-M-R-E-E. Ramre Island. And just like so many of the islands we fought on that you would recognize if I told you the names. You know, Iwo Jima and Saipan and Guadalcanal. You know all these names. This was one of the those kinds of islands for Britain. The idea always being you're not taking an island just because you like the beachfront property. You're taking an island, if you're America or Britain, for airfields. You're constantly trying to move your aircraft closer to Japan because we don't think about the unsexy parts of war, but fuel matters and planes can only fly so far. You need to move airfields closer and closer and closer so your bombers can get close enough. And don't ever forget this. When we talk about island hopping and, and, and taking airfields, it's not only the bombers, the fighter planes because they're not as big, don't hold as much fuel, and can't fly as far as the bombers. You really don't want your bombers flying out there naked without any fighter protection. Because you're going to run into the enemy fighters, and then your bombers are in deep, deep, deep trouble. Don't buy into the propaganda of all the machine guns they kept on our sweet bombers like the B-17 Flying Fortress. Yes, they were important, and those guys that were in those big bombers were stupid brave. But a bomber that didn't have fighter protection against other fighter planes was in very, very, very serious trouble. That was a death sentence. Yeah, you can get one or two down, but they're going to get you if you're in a fighter plane. You're just too fast, too maneuverable. Which brings us to Ramry Island. There's a gigantic British Marine force and a big Indian force as well. Remember, India is pretty much a colony of Britain at this time, and they fought, they were fighting with the British. But I don't want you to think of India, I mean, you're probably not, but I don't want you to think of them as one of these, you know, really, really weak, kind of backwards, you know, tribal powers. This is an advanced, qualified Indian force with some studs. India actually has a pretty cool military history. There's some studs in there. They storm onto Ramri Island, and they start fighting the Japanese. And like before, the Japanese are making them earn Every single inch of it. And finally, there's a fortress, and the Japanese have to retreat after like a month of fighting. They're not retreating. They're just moving up to the fortress so they can keep fighting. And there's about a 1,000 Japanese left. And finally, these Japanese look around and say, okay, we cannot hold this point. Do we kill ourselves? No, let's not kill ourselves. There's another Japanese unit on the island, but they're, they're 10 miles away. Let's get out of here. And let's go link up with them so we can keep fighting. Good plan, everybody? Yep, good plan. Let's get that done. They turn around and start heading towards the other Japanese force. But there's a problem. There are 10-mile stretches, and there are 10-mile stretches. 
these thousand guys ain't going to make it. Hang on. My Eden Pure Thunderstorm has really, really made a difference in my home. And I know this is normally the time where I tell you about how much better it has made my allergies, as in it's made them disappear. And yeah, I mean, it's done that, and that's wonderful. But when I say made a difference in my home, I want you to understand this. And I understand this can be a little gross. I walked into my son's room. Both of my sons, they share the same room a few weeks ago. And it just smelled you know what I'm talking about that boy dirty feet smell because all they do is wrestle and play and have fun they stole my Eden pure thunderstorm for me as you already know just because they thought it was cool and wanted it in their room their room smells great now yeah it's that good go to edenpuredeals.com that's edenpuredeals.com use the code word jesse at checkout that gets you 10 bucks off It is the Jesse Kelly Show with me, Jesse, the Oracle Kelly, Chris. What? 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, we got Jeff Charles coming up next hour. He wants to do away with the Electoral College. He has a different idea for electing a president. Are we going to agree? Are we going to think he's insane? I don't know, but I will tell you this. You and I are going to find out together because he even asked me beforehand if if he wanted if I wanted him to elaborate to me before he comes on the air and just says it. I'm like, oh, absolutely not. No, we're all going to find out together. <laughs> so we'll we'll give him a chance to talk about that. Back to our story. Japanese Ramry Island British and Indian units run, storm the island, fight with the Japanese. The Japanese fight tooth and nail. Finally, a thousand men break away. They have to go 10 miles to meet with another Japanese unit. But this 10 miles is not a walking trail. It's not uh, pavement. It's not even mountains. It's not desert. This 10 miles is mangrove swamp. And I'm going to do the best I can to describe what a mangrove swamp is. It is different than other swamps you can imagine. If you are not driving, now's a great time to do an internet search of mangrove swamp. It'll give you a great idea what I'm talking about. However, I realize many are driving, so I want you to picture this. It's a swamp with all the other swampy things you can picture, trees and whatnot and water everywhere, but... I want you to picture a little pool of water, sometimes very deep, sometimes not deep at all, but a pool of water, right? Then you have a tree growing out of that pool of water. However, the bottom of that tree doesn't look like the bottom of other trees. Picture picture your hand if you were to stick all your fingers down and like walk with your hand like a spider across the desk. 
Now stick your fingers inside the water. So a bunch of your half your fingers are under the water, half are out of the water. Now multiply those fingers by a lot in trees by a lot. It is some of the most harrowing terrain you've ever seen in your entire life. You can't really crawl over it. You can't really swim under it. You can't really see under it because this is not crystal clear bathwater. This is swamp, muddy filth underneath there. You're stuck in the mud. You're twisting an ankle on the actual roots that are underneath This is getting stuck, and that's getting stuck, and you finally get your foot out. Oh, no, your boot that you very much need stayed down in the mud. You're driving underneath. Are you getting a good idea yet of a mangrove swamp? If you have to move through one type of terrain, this might be at the very bottom of the list of ones you would prefer. But these are highly, highly trained Japanese troops. Natural jungle fighters. Night fighters, people who are used to this by now. Oh, no, 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 no. There's nobody on the planet who's used to this. This mangrove swamp is so bad that the British and the Indian troops, they know the Japanese ran into this swamp. They have a pretty good idea of where they're going. But it's so bad they say to themselves, well, well, we're not going in there. What are those idiots doing in there? Didn't they talk to any of the local villagers? Well, I don't know whether the Japanese talked to those villagers or not, but I know the British and Indian troops did, and all the locals who lived on the island said, oh, you don't go in there. No, 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 you don't understand. There's no reason to ever go in there. If you go in there, you might never come out again. So the British and Indian troops, they didn't go in after them. They said, well... Screw this. Just set up our boats and set up a perimeter around this huge swamp. And we'll just wait for them. We'll just gather up whoever makes it. Well, the Japanese didn't have this luxury. They take off in the mangrove swamp. And remember, these are guys who had already been fighting for about a month. So we already have a bunch of wounded. You're going to have disease by now. You already have people who are, I mean, you can picture the picture of movie scene post battle. You got a guy with a bandage on his head. Another guy's missing a hand. Another guy has a horrible limp. You already have that. That just, that's the nature of war. It's going to come with casualties. They start walking through this swamp. Sometimes you're in water up to your ankles. Sometimes you're in water up to your neck. What do you think the water is like in there? Do you think that's drinkable water? It is absolutely full of parasites. Well, you can only carry so much water and it's steaming hot. So they, at some point in time, have to start drinking the water. Now, now you're walking through the mangrove swamp and you are suffering severely from dysentery. Men are starting to flat out break out in fevers and drop from things like malaria, from things like yellow fever, because the mosquitoes are now swarming you. It is a swamp after all. But wait, there's more. There are scorpions, the deadly kind, all over this place. And there are venomous snakes all over this place. 
And this is setting aside the leeches. I didn't even talk about the leeches. I, I, I've, I've told you before about walking through Thailand, the jungle before. You don't understand. These leeches are wee little tiny things. I, I mean, tiny. Oh gosh, I'm trying to even describe it to you. It's not a needle. They're bigger than that. But it's not your little finger either. I would say a quarter the size of your pinky finger maybe. And I mean an inch. And what they do is not only are they in the water. Yeah, they hang off of leaves and they just have their blood sucker part hanging off the end, and they just grab you on the way by, and you don't feel them. And they're latching onto you, and then they get big and fat sucking on your blood, and you're having to burn them off, and it's a nightmare. But back to the snakes, guys are starting to die from these snake bites because the snakes are everywhere. The snakes are all through the water because these are almost all water snakes, and You're not going to live in the water. You're eventually finding these little muddy patches where you pull your unit. Remember, there are a thousand men here. You're pulling your guys up for the night and trying to bed down in some mud or some sticks. Well, that's where the snakes are going for the night, too. You're rolling over. Oops, accidentally rolled on a viper. Wake up to your buddy whose organs are shutting down because a viper chose to latch onto his leg. That's beside that you're you're also beside your other buddy who's dying of yellow fever. He's beside your other buddy whose wound in his hand got infected because you're in a swamp and you can't keep it clean. You yourself, you've come out of this okay. You only have dysentery, so you're slowly dying of dehydration. Am I painting a, a, a picture of hell for you yet? Wait, it actually gets worse. Have you ever heard of a mud volcano? It's a thing that actually exists. I'm not making this up. It exists on this island. It's exactly what you think it is. Sometimes big, sometimes very small. Whatever hellishness is going on underneath, it's bubbling out flaming hot mud at all times. That's a real thing. But there's something more to this island. You see, the British and Indian troops had some very interesting things to say about things they would hear at night. They would, obviously, they were close enough to hear some things. And at nighttime, it would be very, very quiet. Very quiet, except for normal jungle sounds, bugs and such. So it's quiet. And then all of a sudden, there would be this blood-curdling screaming. Screaming, horrible pain and fear, screaming. And then gunfire. And then dead silence. Then screaming and then gunfire. And then dead silence. Do you want to know what else was happening in the night? I'll tell you in a second. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly Show, we always start out with a history story. Then we move on to politics and occasionally some other things. If you miss any part of the show, you can find the whole thing podcasted after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about specifically... How handsome I am. It's critical for the show, Chris. It's critical for the show. And there are like 600 of them. (laughs) I think there's almost 700 at this point. (laughs) All right, quit. 1945, Ramry Island, the Japanese escape into the swamp, and they're getting eaten alive by scorpions and snakes, mosquitoes, yellow fever, malaria. It's a disaster. But like I told you, The Indians and British are hearing something, an odd pattern, an odd pattern. The night is just silence, just jungle sounds. And then all of a sudden there are these horrific blood-curdling screams from the Japanese in there. And then shooting. And then silence again. And this is a pattern that keeps happening. What's happening? Well, the Japanese, straight out of the movies are being hunted by prehistoric monsters. These monsters are called saltwater crocodiles. 22 feet, 23 feet, 2,000 pounds plus. Saltwater crocodiles eat sharks. Saltwater crocodiles eat everything. Saltwater crocodiles routinely kill human beings. Because saltwater crocodiles are the apex predator wherever they go. If you've ever seen one in person, and I have both seen a live one, and I have seen one, they had a, a real model of one. Like they killed one and stuffed it at the, I live in Houston, well, the Houston area, at the Houston Museum of Natural Science, which I would highly recommend if you're ever here. Gosh, that's the coolest freaking place. But they had a huge one there. It was over 2,000 pounds. I mean, I can tell you all day long on the radio, it's over 2,000 pounds. It does not do justice to how gigantic it is. You have to see it. I was standing next to a stuffed one. And I'm telling you right now, it was intimidating. I could not imagine being stalked by hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. You see, what was happening is as these thousand men were were making it through the swamp, everyone can't keep up. People are wounded. People get stuck. People are this. People are that. 
the crocodiles start grabbing the guys who are just straggling behind. Crocodiles aren't stupid. They avoid herds. You've seen enough shows to know. They avoid the big herd if they can. They grab the straggler. They start grabbing stragglers. And the Japanese are starting to get very, very, very scared as they hear and oftentimes see their men dying behind them, screaming for help as the crocodiles grab them in these hugely powerful jaws and drag them under the water and start rolling to drown them. And while they're rolling, sometimes another crocodile will grab onto another piece of the person and that crocodile starts rolling the other way, twisting you in half and tearing you to bits in the water and your friends are listening to you scream while this happens. Well, you see, that's how it started out. But then the crocodiles now, they're just animals Tiny little pea brain on this massive creature. They're figuring out it is dinner time. So they stop just getting the stragglers. And they start swimming up to the huge groups and grabbing men from right beside their buddies. Stories of men grabbing their buddies, trying to hold on as a massive crocodile rips them from their arms and dumps them into the water. Only just like a horror movie, now the monster Now the monster can't possibly be sated. The Japanese are trying to get out of the water as much as possible, especially at night, because at least the crocodiles aren't coming up onto the shore at night to get us for a while. And then the crocodiles figure out that that smell smells like a Japanese soldier. That means dinner time. And the crocodiles start swimming out of the water and going on to the shore right into the middle of the Japanese camps in the middle of the night and grabbing Japanese soldiers and yanking them back into the water as they wake up with a crocodile's jaws wrapped around their chest, sinking into the water, and their buddies trying to shoot the beast off. 500 men walked out of that swamp. 1,000 walked into that swamp. Ramry Island. Go look at a picture of a saltwater crocodile and just know a lot of Japanese soldiers, the last thing they saw was those crocodiles' eyes glowing in the night in the water right beside them before it ended. I'm not quite finished yet with this story. And then we will move on. Hunter Biden, Ron DeSantis in the works. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? 
Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's easy for you and I, because we talk about so many dark things here on the Jesse Kelly Show, it's easy for you and I to forget how good day-to-day life can be now. I'm not going to lie, the end of my day yesterday left a little something to be desired. I will describe that to you in detail in just a second. And then I get home and I'm mad And I start digging into the story of Ramree Island, and I think to myself, okay, idiot, why are you stomping around mad? How bad was the end of the day, really? It'll be okay. (laughs) You and I need to take more time to smile. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Did I not tell you I had a story for you today? You will listen the next time I say something like that. All right, 60 Minutes, Greg Abbott, The System. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. 
Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse.